The best healthcare is there in ways big and small. There when we most and least expect it. We may not see it, but we feel it. It lets us know we're not in this alone. Everyone deserves a healthcare partner who never quits. One who's there for what matters. United Healthcare, there for what matters. Want your boss to put some real action? Want your boss to put some real action behind the rhetoric when they talk about making your workplace more inclusive? Find out how to hold their feet to the fire and demand diversity on the Diversity Dude podcast. Hello there, and welcome back to the Diversity Dude podcast. I'm your host, Lambert Fisher, marriage and family therapist, award-winning author, and national speaker on the topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. And for those of you who are interested in even more positive, encouraging tips and strategies beyond what I share in podcasts like this, then feel free to share with them my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, nationally recognized for the unique way in which it addresses the often difficult topic of multicultural awareness and diversity. Designed for more than just therapists, if you're a helping professional in any way, diversity in clinical practice can help you meet the greatest variety of cultural needs possible for those whom you serve. And it's available in paper and audiobook versions for your convenience. And whether it be through my one-on-one efforts as a therapist or my informing and empowering efforts as an author or speaker, know that my personal mission is to do my part to improve the world one strengthened relationship at a time. So today, I want to share with you a few encouraging words about the resignation of Harvard University's president. So as you've likely already heard by now, Dr. Claudine Gay, the second woman and first person of color to serve as a president of Harvard University has recently resigned her position after just over six months in that role, following her participation in a congressional hearing and comments regarding the Israel-Hamas conflict and after accusations of plagiarism in her academic works. Now, since there continues to be a lot of debate on Dr. Gay's resignation, including both its cause and its implications, and there's even an investigation underway regarding the plagiarism accusations specifically, I don't feel compelled to assert absolute truths yet to be discovered or verified. Instead, I would like to use this time to contribute to healthier discussions on this topic happening in homes and work environments around the country. For whether or not you consider yourself to be an expert or in the know, you may have an opinion on the topic or likely to hear opinions on the topic around you. And I like to help reduce the likelihood of misunderstandings getting in the way of those healthier conversations, especially considering the reality that the motivation behind them may not be the same for everyone involved. Let me explain. When some people initiate or respond to the topic of Dr. Gay's resignation, they hear people asserting that she was targeted because she was an African-American woman, which many unfortunately believe is proof enough that she was never qualified for that role in the first place. In response, many other asserts, assertions are brought to, into the discussion with varying degrees of merit and to help those who have difficulty in these conversations because they only see one side of the conversation, I like to help broaden that perspective. For example, it's not just about race, it's also about the academics. Harvard does, as does many other academic institutions, have a strict policy against plagiarism and misrepresenting the works of others as one's own work in any form, with consequences up to expulsion from the university. Because of this high standard, it's perfectly reasonable for the president of a university, a graduate of Harvard herself, as well as a Harvard professor and former dean of Harvard, to be held to the same standard of academic excellence and authority. However, focusing only on this argument alone often results in a failure to acknowledge that Dr. Gay was forced to resign at the mere accusation of plagiarism 
She has since responded to that accusation and acknowledged that while there are areas of her work that could have been cited more effectively, she not only did not intentionally seek to claim anyone else's work as her own, but when the academic similarity was brought to her attention, she took steps to contact the appropriate sources and remedy the oversight immediately in a way that is consistent with a reasonable professional standard that happens in the academic world all the time. Unfortunately, Dr. Gay was not given credit for these remedy efforts. Instead, she was misrepresented in accusations as if she was a fraud. Another assertion about the fact that it's not just about race, it's also about student safety. And it is, in part, large part, about student safety. One of the things that people had a problem with regarding Dr. Gay's responses during the congressional hearing is that she was asked to take a bold stand against hate and violence, specifically regarding whether students who regarding students who call for genocide should be punished. In response, trying to avoid the well-laid trap of a question with seemingly only two horrible answers, she gave an academically neutral answer and essentially deflected the question in that environment. Unfortunately, instead of being seen as an effort to avoid putting a target on some students' backs in order to protect others, it was instead interpreted as a lack of care, a callous disregard toward all the students who were hoping that their leader would take a stand and make a bold statement on how the university would protect them. And while efforts do indeed need to be taken in order to make every student feel safe at colleges and universities everywhere, it is unfortunate that an answer to a targeted question in a targeted environment will be misunderstood and essentially override every other effort and initiative the university president has in the past and could make in the future to resolve a situation that most would admit has no quick and easy answer. Which leads many others to say that it's not about race, it's about the optics. And in many ways it is. In Dr. Gay's resignation speech, she conveyed that her stepping down would allow the university to focus on what really matters. Essentially saying that if she stays in that role, all of the focus will remain on investigating or attacking her instead of focusing on creating the safe environment for every student and eventually generating leaders who will contribute to meaningful change outside of that environment. And there is merit to that sentiment, supporting her genuineness and authenticity that she asserted in the first place. However, it saddens me that those are considered to be the only two options. If any accusations come, then we must exile that leader in search of a new perfect leader who not only has no skeletons, but is so perfect that they're even immune to accusations of skeletons. And that simply doesn't exist. Which highlights a problem we have moving forward. And that if we hold leaders to this standard, then the leaders we need will fear pursuing these roles because they will have less time to focus on effective leading and instead will be required to split their time from effective leading to protecting themselves from unwarranted and misguided attacks from day one. Which leads to the assertion that while it is in part about academics, and it is in part about student safety, and it is in part about the optics, it's also about race. It reminds me a little of the fact that while many people were overjoyed about the election of President Barack Obama, and were hopeful about finding ways to support his efforts to lead our country effectively, Many others admitted that their primary goal from his first day to his last would be not serving their country in their political leadership roles, but would instead 100% be focused on getting him fired. That scares me. <laughs> Similarly, there are many who admittedly asserted that as an African-American woman, Dr. Gay was not fit to be the president of the prestigious Harvard University and were committed to removing her from that role from day one. 
Many are even overjoyed that her tenure as president lasted just over six months, making her the shortest tenure president in school history. This is often said as proof that she couldn't make it, ignoring the fact that she was actively opposed from day one and didn't get a sufficient chance to succeed. Not only that, but when added to the history that precedes her, this gives many people a here we go again feeling that contributes to many conversations on this topic you might hear. There's a commonly held and admittedly often debated mantra in the BIPOC community that you have to work twice as hard to get half as much. Now, while this mantra doesn't take into account the need for systemic changes to accompany that hard work for any change to be lasting, situations like the resignation of Dr. Gay make many people feel that no matter how hard they work, no matter how they do in, in a job, or no matter where they graduated from, no matter what accolades they earn, no matter how much credibility they obtain, there's still no guarantees that they'll be accepted, that they'll be supported, that they'll be defended against unwanted accusations. Instead of giving her a chance to clarify what was misunderstood or show in action her efforts to help find solutions that help everyone she is charged with leading, instead of acknowledging that no one is perfect and her pros outweigh any cons, she was ditched and dismissed, forced to resign because it was more convenient than to support her. It gives the impression that as long as you seem perfect and said all the right things, we could justify that someone like you could be in this role. Because we could argue to our stu students, to our donors, that you were one of the good ones. But once even an accusation comes in, then you are no longer worth that effort. Now, as I mentioned at the start, I seek not to declare what specific factors are motivating specific decision makers or anyone else around the country tracking the situation. However, I want you to have a better understanding of some of the legitimate considerations that people are having. Many of the factors can coexist with others. It doesn't have to be one thing or another. There are many problems with what has occurred, and it's likely not done yet. My hope for you is that you will be able to hear more, and as you do, to be able to listen with a discerning ear beyond the accusations alone, but also to what is really being said, what's really being felt, and what's really being asserted. As you discuss the situation with those around you, listen to what the other person around you is actually arguing against or for. You never know. You might be able to see the legitimacy of their concerns as one of the many relevant factors that exist and help them see the legitimacy of yours in return. Moving forward, maybe you will be in a position where you can avoid targeted traps the exile-only solutions, and seek healthy and secure relationships, professional relationships, where we can equip and support our leaders who are genuine and authentic in their efforts to serve and empower those whom they are charged with leading. Dr. Gay wasn't the first, and she likely won't be the last. Hopefully, one personal and professional relationship at a time, we can do our part to make the change that's needed for this trend to be in the past and not in our future for the betterment of us all. And with that, I'll say thanks again for listening in to today's Diversity Do podcast. If you have any pressing diversity-related questions that you'd like me to address in an upcoming podcast, or if your organization is in need of a shame-free and empowering guest speaker or training on this often sensitive topic, then feel free to reach out to me directly at www.diversitymadesimple.com. And if you know of anyone else who can benefit from a positive and encouraging perspective on this often difficult topic of diversity, feel free to send them a link to this podcast so that they can be encouraged as well. Or share with them my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, available at Amazon.com. And as usual, I look forward to addressing as many topics as possible in future podcasts to help you improve as many relationships as possible.
at work, at home, and in your community. And as always, remember this, you don't need to know everything about everyone in order to have a positive impact on someone. Thank you all for tuning in and have a great day. Tune in each week and find out how to demand and implement diversity at your job. To hear more, check out previous Diversity Dude shows on ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. It's not just another day in your life. Things are changing for the better. At Comcast, we see those changes and we're thinking about how we use technology today to live, work, learn, and play. And we're building for the future now, so we're better prepared for the wants and needs of tomorrow. That's why Comcast is rolling out multi-gig internet speeds to more than 50 million homes and businesses before the end of 2025, making our already industry-leading network even faster, smarter, greener, and more reliable. Over the decades, Comcast has been your partner working hard to serve your community and will continue to be your partner. We're expanding our gigabits so you can enjoy the tiny bits that matter most. Did you or someone you love just test positive for COVID-19? The good news is that most healthy people who test positive for COVID-19 right now will experience a mild illness and can recover at home. Folks with risk factors for severe illness with COVID-19 may benefit from antiviral medications. These medications are taken by mouth at home and can be picked up at a pharmacy. They can be particularly helpful for people who are older, immunocompromised, or who live with some chronic conditions. And here's good news. These treatments can help prevent severe illness, hospitalization, and death from COVID-19. So reach out to your trusted healthcare provider right away if you test positive and are at higher risk. Treatments need to be started soon in order to work best. Your healthcare provider can determine which COVID-19 medication option is best to prescribe. And remember, COVID-19 medications are no substitute for prevention. Vaccines are recommended for people starting at six months of age to prevent the spread of COVID-19 in our community. Unleash the power of smile for your team. Delta Dental of Minnesota offers coverage to fit your unique small business, leading to a better benefit package and a happier team. Visit deltadentalmn.org forward slash small business. You know Shaletta makes you laugh. But did you know Shaletta Brundage can also make you think and boost your business? Media personality, activist, and comedian Shaletta Brundage founded Shaletta Makes Me Laugh to celebrate and share the best of black culture. It's a podcasting platform. You can download 10 weekly podcasts hosted by African-American subject experts at ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com is also a production house creating broadcast quality commercial content. And Shaletta and her team of storytellers create powerful promotional campaigns to get businesses the brand awareness they're looking for. Some of Minnesota's top businesses trust Shaletta, and you can too. Get out the word about your events and products and get in front of communities of color with ShalettaMakesMeLaugh.com. She's got the power to help your business. You started your business with an idea and a plan for the future. A plan that got you off to a great start. But now you see new opportunities as well as new challenges. Work with a banker who understands your business goals and knows how to help you reach them. Work with Bremer Bank. 
Because understanding is everything. Put us to work for you today at bremer.com. Are you a woman known as a good listener? Do you have skills in de-escalating situations? Are you what they call a people person? Then the Minneapolis Police Department would like to meet you. Now in a rebuilding phase, the Minneapolis Police Department is recruiting more women to wear the badge. The department offers career options for women with a high school diploma or GED. There are also opportunities for women with two- and four-year degrees who are ready to apply their skills in new ways. Police work makes a great second career for social workers, teachers, nurses. Women in their 30s and 40s are welcome to apply. There's no age cap. You'll be paid while you train and mentored by veteran women officers invested in your success. Minneapolis also welcomes current police officers to join the state's largest department. Make a difference on the streets, working in your community, in a career with competitive salaries and generous benefits. Go to MinneapolisMN.gov and search police jobs to find out more. 